Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is Ralph Burns, your host, and this is episode 181, ending the year here in 2018 with our six favorite episodes of the year. 2018 was a big year for Facebook and Instagram ads, and especially Facebook with the challenges that they've faced. But uh, we did a lot of episodes this year that had a lot to do with the changing nature of the platform itself. And one of the things that uh, when we were looking back in 2018, we really had a hard time figuring out which six episodes were the best ones because we had so many great guests this year. But I think really for you, the listener, for 2019, obviously we're, we've been talking about sort of what happened in 2018 and, and all the look back that um, and all the things that we learned through the last year and how we're going to change our approach in 2019. But I think it's important to also look back on some of these episodes here. And these are the ones that we feel are the most important for you, the advertiser, to get the best out of both platforms in the coming year, as well as, uh, you know, valuable lessons and tactics and strategies that you can use to get better return on ad spend or lower cost per lead or more brand awareness, whatever your objective is using the Facebook and Instagram platforms. So without further ado, let's get right into our first one, not force ranked by favorites, but these are all our six favorites here. So you can figure out which ones are your favorites, but these are definitely the six that we felt uh, had the biggest impact in 2018 and into 2019. So let's get right into it. So the first episode here that we really found very impactful and um, using the brilliance of Molly Pittman as a guide here, she takes you through a really big campaign that she did where she got 157,362 leads from one Facebook campaign. 
we recorded this back in July. So some of the strategies that we use now that we just are going to be talking about within the next few weeks here might change a little bit, but the principles are pretty much the same. These leads she got in this niche were about a dollar eight. So it is possible to get very cheap leads and high quality leads, which uh, in her case, she was able to use those leads, then retarget them for a product which created a, a tremendous amount of revenue for the customer that she was working with. So definitely take a listen to this one. This is episode 158 from back in July of 2018. Enjoy. This is a campaign that I ran for a client over the period of two months, and it is in a pretty broad market, but really the goal of this was to generate leads. So this was a conversion campaign, like you said, over 157,000 leads generated a dollar and eight cents a piece. So we spent a total of a little over $170,000 on this campaign. But yeah, we're going to walk you through exactly what I did over these yeah. two months. And I think what's important to keep in mind here, Ralph, like 157,000 leads, that's a lot. Right. Yeah. And sure. I don't mean that to brag. It's more this client is in, like I said, a broad market, something that really appeals to a lot of people. So when people listen to this episode, I want you to focus on the process that we're going to walk you through versus the numbers, because we could have generated 15 leads from this and maybe for your business, that's all that you need this month. So same process, just different budgets and different numbers. So we're going to be talking about spending a lot of money, even if you only want to spend 5% of the amount that we're speaking about in this campaign, just take everything we're doing and divide it down. Yeah. So the system's the same. Just don't be overwhelmed by the numbers. We're just showing you that this system really works at huge scale. So we're optimizing for someone to click from our ad, land on the opt-in page, give the email address, and then visit that next thank you page, right? So I created a custom conversion for that thank you page. And I started setting up this ad by selecting conversions as my objective. And then that was the first step. Of course, before this, I also did a ton of research for targeting. So I had spent about 10 hours on a flight researching different interests in this market. So important. Again, doing Google searches about books that this market might like, organizations they're a part of, authority figures that they follow, events that they attend. Everything that I could figure out about this market, I tried to figure out. And I had pages and pages of possible interest to target. So that's really what I started with. I started with a custom conversion on the thank you page and a ton of interest that I wanted to target. Now, for this particular campaign, I did start with 22 ad sets. The only difference between those ad sets 
were the targeting. You could have started with five ad sets. I decided to start with 22 because I had a large test budget on this, but also because I did have a lot of interests that I wanted to target. So the only differentiation between my ad sets were the targeting. And all of those ad sets were ranging between about a half a million people and 20 million people. So I did have some ad sets that were bigger, that had 15 to 20 million people in them. And I tried to do about half and half, like 11 ad sets that were probably more in the half a million to three, four, five million range, and then half that were bigger just to see if it made a difference. And surprisingly on this campaign, it didn't. So we had 22 ad sets ranging from half a million to 20 million in targeting. This was all cold traffic. And I started each of those ad sets at $100 a piece. So $2,200 a day. Again, if you want to scale, if you want to do this on a a smaller budget, you could have done $20 a day. But we had the test budget, so it was 22 ad sets at 100 bucks a day. So one of the things that was most constant in 2018 is change. And we hear this from our listeners all the time and people that, that I talk to about Facebook and Instagram advertising, especially those who have been doing it for a considerable period of time. You know, myself, I've actually been running Facebook ads since 2009, and uh, it wasn't until about 2013 that the platform really started to change for the better with the targeting and all the other things that go along with it, as well as the user base just continuing to grow now with over 2 billion active daily users on Facebook and then 1 billion uh, monthly active users on Instagram. So a tremendously powerful platform where you can reach uh, just billions of people you know, upwards of one-fifth or one-sixth of the world's population, which is pretty tremendous. But one of the things that was a challenge this year was not getting the results that you want from your ads. So in this episode here, which was one of our favorites of 2018, episode 160, we go through 11 steps for you to follow to troubleshoot your ads as best as you possibly can. Now, there's obviously going to be a lot more in-depth ways in which you can get results in which you can troubleshoot your campaigns. But these 11 steps are the ones that we use inside the Tier 11 agency and continue to refine because the platform is changing so much. And it certainly has changed a tremendous amount through uh, all of 2018. And I would anticipate in 2019, what we're doing today at the end of this year is probably not going to be the same kind of things that we do at the end of 2019. However, these 11 steps and these 11 principles are constants, and they're the ones that we rely on uh, in the Tier 11 agency to get the best results for our customers. So take a listen to this one. It's episode 160. Go back to it to get even more details, but it's definitely one of our favorites of 2018. Ralph, you want to start with number one? Yeah. So this is when you get zero conversions, like not just enough conversions, but you're actually, you go into the ad account and you don't see anything going on. So if you're getting a goose egg, then definitely go through this list of 11 things. And we'll try and keep them all straight here. Some of them, like you said, are actually really sort of basic. So number one on the basic side is you create your campaign, you create your ad sets, you create your ads, you upload them 
or you click the button inside Power Editor, Ads Manager, whatever you want to call it now. I guess it's really it's Ads Manager. And then the next day you check your ads and you just see nothing going on. You see no conversions at all. Mm. Well, the first things to check, and I'm just going to rattle these first four off, is first off, check whether your ads have been approved. Important. Sort of an obvious one, but this is one that stumps people sometimes. So why are my ads not getting approved? Well, just go in inside Ads Manager, inside the ad level, and you'll actually see whether or not it's approved or not mm-hmm. approved or pending approval. Sometimes pending approval just takes a while. For whatever reason, sometimes when Facebook is going through an update behind the scenes for the ads manager, sometimes we might get ads that are just stuck in this pending state for days at a time. So fortunately, we've got an awesome partner manager on our side to help us out with those sorts of things. But if that does happen with you, definitely go through Facebook help and through Facebook chat, and they will help you to resolve that. But ads not being approved or pending approval is the first one. And along those lines too, Ralph, Facebook needs a few hours, sometimes a day or two to even start showing your ads. So keep that in mind, right? Once it says approved, don't expect 100 conversions in the next five minutes. So a lot of that is setting expectations too. So in episode 166 of this year, we introduced a guest who has been a recurring guest and will continue to come on Perpetual Traffic in the coming year, Mr. Tanner Larson from buildgrowscale.com. He knows an awful lot about e-commerce and uh, especially, and he runs a number of uh, high-level programs as well as uh, teaches exactly how to get the best results out of your Facebook and Instagram ads or just media in general through your e-commerce store. So he's talked on this episode specifically about why Facebook traffic is not your problem. Uh, which kind of sounds like a strange episode title for a podcast all about Facebook traffic. But these are the things that you need to listen to, especially if you have an e-commerce business. And Tanner gives us the goods here on all sorts of strategies he uses to better monetize the platform uh, in a quicker manner, obviously, to get return on ad spend faster is certainly a great thing to strive for, but also to increase the average order value of customers who do come through your sales funnel or through your store, regardless of platform. So definitely take a listen to uh, Tanner here on episode 166, Why Facebook Traffic is Not Your Problem. Facebook ads is the gas pedal. It can accelerate and grow your business. The thing is, though, if you're struggling with Facebook ads, people always say, man, if I could just get my ads to hit or I could just scale my ads, things would work better. The reality is, though, is if you're having trouble with your ads, with the ability that you have to target on Facebook, the super nitty gritty ability to dial in on laser focus on an audience and the ability to custom bid, do manual bid, you can do all this stuff, lookalike audiences. Chances are you're already good enough at traffic. Reality is, is that there's something else wrong, okay? And that's where we come into this focus of there's only three ways to grow your business, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is not something I invented. I wish I could take credit for it. I actually learned it from Jay Abraham, and I'm sure he learned it from somebody else. But basically, when it comes to business, there's three ways to grow. Number one, you can get more customers. There's number two, you can get customers to spend more when they purchase. And number three is you can increase that customer's frequency of purchase, meaning get them to buy more often, right? That's the only three ways to grow a business. The issue is that when people say, I need to get better at Facebook ads, what they're focusing on is number one. 
I should say 90 some odd percent of the businesses out there are front end focused, meaning their only goal in life right now for some reason is to acquire more customers. And not only are they just trying focused on acquiring customers, which is like, turn up the Facebook ads, turn up the, get me more customers. Mm -hmm. They're also trying to extract their profit from that initial sale at the same time which is a recipe for disaster. Seth Godin said it in one of his books, and it's a truism that smart businesses know that profit is generated at the second and third sale and beyond, not on the initial sale. Yet mm -hmm. all these companies, specifically e-com companies, and we look at thousands of them a year, they're all doing the same thing. They're all focused on just driving more ads, getting more customers in the door. And once they've made that sale, they're trying to cover all their operating costs, their acquisition costs, cost of goods, and extract a profit to live on out of that initial sale. And then it goes dark. There's nothing else after that. Well, if that's the way you run your business, you don't have a business. You have an offer. You have a hustle, right? The things that if you really want to be able to scale Facebook ads and really grow a business at any sustainable or significant size, you need to focus on the other two ways to grow your business, okay? Things like getting your customers to spend more, increasing that average order value. All right, this comes back to you know, what Dan Kennedy says about he who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins, right? And we've all heard that. I mean, Ralph, I'm sure you say it to your customers as well. All the time. It's true. We hear it, but it's in one ear and out the other. But if you really want to scale traffic, then you have to be able to increase your average order value, all right? And there's more to increasing your average order value than throwing a little in-cart upsell on your Shopify store or throwing a half-assed upsell behind your product, the whole customer journey needs to be taken into consideration to see what you can do to boost that AOV, okay? But from an even simpler perspective of, let's put money in your pocket right now, which is the goal of revenue optimization, is always putting money in your pocket. You should be focusing on number three, increasing the frequency of purchase from your existing customers. And we've, again, all heard over and over again that it's five times more expensive to acquire a new customer than it is to sell to an old one. Well, that number is actually, they just updated it. I used it at our event. I believe it's six or seven times more expensive now. Oh, wow. But anyway, I mean, that's crazy. But on top of that, you have this captive audience of buyers who've already bought from you. You've already broken the trust barrier. Sell to them again. The cost of selling again to an existing customer is negligible. And as I'm sure you guys know from listening to this podcast and you know what Ralph teaches and Molly and everybody else, that's the best audience you can run ads to. Yeah, for sure. But nobody focuses on that. So continuing the cavalcade of amazing guests that we've had on the show this past year, this is going to be another guy that's going to return quite a bit in 2019 as the platform changes. And when he came on the show back in November of this past year, we were actually going to talk about something completely different, uh, some of the holiday strategies that he was using, which is great for the short term. But what we ended up talking about is strategies that are far more evergreen that you can use not only in just your e-commerce business, he's talked specifically about e-commerce here, which is obviously it's been a big focus in 2018. We've talked a lot about e-com on the show the past year, but you know, perpetual traffic isn't all about e-commerce. However, a lot of the new features, a lot of the new products that Facebook and Instagram are now putting out are gearing more towards e-commerce, which you as an information or digital products or service-based business can leverage as well. So this one on episode 174, Ezra Firestone uh, gives it up about the new ad structures that you can implement 
not only just in the holiday season, we talk a little bit more about the holiday season, so don't let the title deceive you. These are things that you can do year round. And uh, these are new things that Facebook is now doing with sort of an eye towards the future. So the experience of the purchase and the actual interaction with the potential customers happening now on the platform itself. So this is a shift in online advertising that you can take advantage of not only in the holiday season, but year round. So take a listen to episode 174 here, uh, the new Facebook ad structures to implement before the holiday season with Ezra Firestone. So before I jump into the creative conversation, I want to talk about where I think things are going specifically for physical product, direct mm. response, e-commerce advertisers. And I sort of coined this term integrated social commerce. And I believe that over the next five years, I started talking about this about two years ago, and it's sort of, it's not quite come to fruition yet. But what integrated social commerce means is that my viewpoint is that commerce will be happening integrated into the social experience and that e-commerce product offer pages and websites, the way that like desktop traffic is going down and mobile traffic is rising, like on any given e-commerce store at this point, about 85% of the traffic is going to be mobile. It's still about 50-50 from a revenue perspective, right? Even though desktop is only 15, 20% of your traffic, it's still worth half of your revenue. But the way that mobile is coming up, I think that what is going to happen is that the where purchases are actually happening are going to be inside of social applications. So literally from the Facebook newsfeed, you will see an advertisement for a product that maybe you're interested in. You will click on it. It will pop up a little landing page, which is known as an instant experience, which we're about to talk about, formerly a canvas ad, in the inside of Facebook and there will be a buy button and you'll click buy and you'll be able to pay with Apple Pay, Amazon Pay, Google Pay, or any other kind of payment method. And the entire shopping experience and the entire purchase cycle will be happening inside that social app. It's called integrated social commerce and Shopify has really sort of paved the way. And what they've done is they've done some payment integrations with Pinterest, with Twitter, with Facebook. Now they're not fully developed. The technology is not quite available yet. I mean, you can do it, but it's not like seamless at this point. But we are noticing, and this is where we're getting to what we were going to talk about, which were these canvases and instant experiences, that the traditional e-commerce sales cycle, if you look at like 90% of the successful e-commerce advertisers today, and you look at all the sales funnels are out there, this is what the traditional one, the most common one looks like. A video advertisement on a social platform like Facebook, like Instagram, like Pinterest, like YouTube, that leads directly to an e-commerce product offer page where someone then checks out. That's like traditional sales funnel. That's what most people are doing. That's the Dollar Shave Club model, right? Viral, compelling, educational, informative, engaging video that leads to e-commerce product offer page, right? That's like traditional. Now, what we are going to start seeing and what we have already started seeing with Canvas is and the way that I do it, by the way, I do the more digital marketer model, the more direct response, sort of longer form sales process where I go from an advertisement, an image ad, a carousel ad, a video ad, and I'll break down for you what I think about each of those ad units and how much of your budget should be going to each one of those for e-commerce. But I'm using image ads, carousel ads, video ads, all kinds of ads, right? I link to a pre-sell engagement landing page that then the user has to go through. They have to read it, engage with it, consume the content, and go through it to actually get to my e-commerce product offer page. So I'm sandwiching an article 
between the ad unit and the offer page. Well, you can think of canvas ads, which are what most people know about them, but they're actually now called instant experience ads. It used to be that Ooh. you could only leverage them for certain campaign objectives. And now they work with almost every campaign objective, these instant experiences. They used to only work with things like dynamic product ads. Now they work with everything, which is now known as catalog sales. And it's also changed the name to dynamic ads. But my point is that what these instant experiences are, is they are a mobile optimized landing page, or you can think of it as pre-sell engagement page that is sandwiched between your Facebook ad and your offer page, but is hosted on Facebook. So Facebook has noticed, as has Google, that the faster the mobile offer page loads, the better the results for the advertiser and for Mm -hmm. the consumer. And so they claim that their instant experiences, formerly canvases, load 15 to 30 times faster than a traditional landing page that an advertiser would be sending a user to. And so inside of these instant experience ads, you can have a number of different sort of objects or assets. You can have images, you can have videos, you can have text, you can have buttons, you can have catalog of your products. So you can kind of build a sales page essentially that sits between your video ad and your product offer page. And I believe that this is the direction that e-commerce is headed, which is the commerce experience happening within the social platform. And this is one more step in that direction and it's super early days. So it's very cheap to get traffic to instant experiences ads. And now... When Facebook changed from Canvas to Instant Experience, they also automatically connected your Facebook pixel to the Instant Experience. You have to do no additional settings. And now if you have an ad, like a video ad on Facebook, that a user clicks and it pops up an Instant Experience, which is a mobile landing page that you built inside the Facebook Ads Manager that loads super fast, that has a collection of assets like images, videos, buttons, etc. When that thing pops up, that is automatically connected to your Facebook pixel. And Facebook will now allow you to create audiences that you can retarget of people who opened the canvas, of people who clicked the instant experience. And one last thing about it is you can now import your own pixels into that canvas or instant experience. You can put your Google Analytics pixel in there. You can put your uh, hot jar. You can put a bunch of pixels in these instant experiences that are not Facebook pixels. So the gist of this, I know I just rambled and I used a bunch of lingo and I talked really technical, but the idea here is that we're moving in the direction of the sales cycle happening on the social platform and these instant experiences are a big step in that direction and they will only get more sophisticated and more robust and now is the time to begin adopting and leveraging them in your advertising campaigns. Now, yes, they are only mobile traffic, but that's okay because 80% of your traffic is going to be mobile anyways, right? So start playing with these because where we're going to see over the next couple of years things go specifically for e-commerce retailers is more and more of the sales cycle happening within the social platforms and more platforms like Google will roll this out the same thing where they'll have their own optimized sort of mobile offer pages that pop up And as a continuation and sort of a wrap up of those previous two episodes with uh, Tanner and Ezra talking about e-commerce on Facebook and Instagram, a lot of the concepts that they teach in both of those previous episodes can be easily deployed and dovetail perfectly into this framework, which we discuss uh, in episode 145, how to amplify your e-commerce business using Facebook and Instagram ads. It says just Facebook ads. We'll use Instagram as well, as well as the audience network, as well as Messenger on this. So all the platforms that you have available inside the ads manager. 
and we explain what the e-commerce ad amplifier is all about. And Ezra and Tanner recommend uh, this strategy to their customers, and they use a very similar type of strategy for their businesses. But this is how we structure things. This is the framework that we use, sort of a proprietary framework inside Tier 11 for our e-commerce business customers to grow their business as well as to monetize every single level of traffic as it flows through your store. It can be used with a sales funnel or without a sales funnel. We've seen it work in both cases. So I explained in this episode 145 exactly how we do it in the breakdown. And uh, you can even get uh, the e-commerce ad amplifier through the Tier 11 Facebook page, which will leave a, um, a link in the show notes for you to do that. Or if you want to work with us and you're an e-commerce business, definitely check us out at tier11.com uh, forward slash work with us and uh, figure out whether we're a right match. So e-commerce is definitely one of the areas that we do specialize in, although we have a lot of other industries and a lot of other types of businesses that we work with in Tier 11. E-commerce is certainly one that we're very excited about and will continue to be excited about with not only the things that Tanner and Ezra talk about in their episodes, but also this framework and structure that we use that uh, really gets the best return on ad spend possible using Facebook and Instagram ads when you apply this framework. So check it out, episode 145, how to amplify your e-commerce business using Facebook ads. If you look at the e-commerce ad amplifier, think about traffic as levels. So for us, level one through level five is sort of the entire top framework of the e-commerce ad amplifier. So if you have an e-commerce store, we look at each level of how people or visitors engage with your site based upon this level system. So cold traffic, which is somebody who doesn't know who you are, and so much so that even in our lookalike, large lookalike audiences or our, you know, our interest audiences, we will also exclude all of our deeper levels, levels two through five, to make sure that that traffic at the very top of the funnel is ice cold. It doesn't know who you are. So exclusions, which is a big part of this whole thing, is really, really important. Otherwise, as my ops VP says, you end up peeing in the pool, so to speak, polluting the pool for uh, levels two through five. Anyway, so a cold traffic if that's level one. So these are your lookalike audiences. These are your interests, maybe your lookalikes plus interests or behaviors, as well as just any audience that doesn't know who you are. So as those audiences engage either with your page or they actually click through your ad, both of those we refer to as level two. So level two is engagers on your page. Now, Different levels of engagement can be done here. So for example, let's say if you're using cold traffic, you've got a six-minute video ad. Well, someone who watches 95% of that probably is a lot more warm or a lot more engaged than somebody who only watches 10 seconds of that. So there's a gradient of level two. It's almost like depending on what your asset is, it depends on what their engagement level is. So it's like cool-ish. They're cool-ish. <laughs> so somebody watches 25% of the, 
of a 10 minute video. That's kind of long, but still definitely viable on Facebook. That's two and a half minutes of their time. Well, if they have three minute videos that you're showing to cold traffic, those same two and a half minutes would be about a 95% video view audience. So it, it depends on what your asset is and how deeply they engage with that asset. So what we've done in level two is label all of these people engagers. Some people that are probably even deeper engagers are maybe people who have engaged with your page to the point where they actually become fans of your page. Those are also level two traffic, believe it or not. So they're probably the hottest or the warmest out of all those pieces of traffic in the engagement cycle. But nonetheless, we treat them all the same in level two. So probably the most important episode of the year happened back in April. So this was when the whole Cambridge Analytica thing was blowing up in the news and everyone was talking about Facebook advertising and this evil, you know, empire that Facebook has created stealing our data. Well, there's actually three sides to every story. There's your side, my side, and there's the truth. And our truth-giving philosopher, Dan Gamito, talks about what really did happen during this Cambridge Analytica scandal. And I'm putting scandal in air quotes here because Dan explains exactly what it is. It wasn't actually a scandal. It was a hole that Facebook had in their data, and there, were a, there was a breach that occurred but this episode is really important for you to understand exactly how and why and what Facebook has done to prevent it and why Facebook is now going to be the leader in the space for data and privacy protection, not only in 2018, but also in 2019 and beyond. So take a listen to episode 143, Cambridge Analytica, what you need to know with perpetual traffic house philosopher, Dan Gamito. We live in a world right now where we use tools that we don't even understand. And and that is kind of funny to me on, on one level, and it's kind of scary on another level. Like, how many people in this audience right now drive a car every day, but they really have no idea how it works? You know, how many people use a cell phone, but don't realize that, you know, that thing is connected to like 30 different services and um, each of those is connected to 30 different services. Like, do you realize how interconnected everything is now? And that just just by using a cell phone, like just by using an iPhone 10, you are using about as much electricity in your hand, like with all the services you're using as like a refrigerator, <laughs> just walking around. Or the fact that, uh, and then that's not even really doing much with it. And, and the fact that just by signing up for a Google account or just by signing up for a Facebook account, you've just given away so much access to your life for the sake of being having the convenience of Google searching something or you know finding something quickly or finding a friend that you want to talk to. I mean, like I said before, you know, I, I see a lot of people jumping into forums and uh, and Facebook groups and things like that, and and, and suddenly everybody's a data security expert, and so, suddenly everybody's an <laughs> internet expert. Like, and I guess I would I would challenge you. Like, are you really? I mean, it's okay not to know stuff. It's re it really is okay not to actually know how stuff works. But right. it, I admittedly do not fully understand, but I know I need to right. educate myself. Exactly. So like, so b before you jump on and perpetuate the whole, the whole, like one of the reasons why the internet can be kind of a shitty place sometimes, like part of the reason why it can be a shitty place sometimes is because there's a lot of people in there who are, you know, genuinely interested in something, but have unfounded opinions on those things because they just don't, they simply just don't understand 
how stuff works. So like if you want to be productive and if you want to actually help shift the ecosystem more towards a a productive, safe place to be, maybe just listen a little bit more instead of, you know, chiming in with your opinion just just because you have one you know what i'm saying and this is like a little tough love but just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it is relevant you know like that's a really tough thing to acknowledge in your life but i promise like if you start to acknowledge that you'll actually become smarter immediately people will just start to perceive you differently because you're not one of the ones who's constantly chiming off when you don't know what you're talking about it's okay to not know what you're talking about it's actually kind of sexy when i see people say you know actually i don't know anything about this but i'll defer to my friend this person because they know more about it i mean that's really an attractive trait to me when i see people defer to people who might know more about it um so that's number one number two guys you're using a lot of tools we all use a lot of tools that we don't understand and i'm going to go as far as to say that most people don't know how like municipal plumbing works so like you're using it every day, you know, you're hopefully everybody's pooping daily and also drinking water. So like, <laughs> so like you're, if you're using these things and you don't know actually how this stuff works, I mean, I bet you, do, I bet you, you don't know where your water comes from. I know in Portland, I know where, I know where my poop goes in Portland because I'm, because I want to know how these things work. But guys, seriously, we rely on so many services every single day. So many manufacturing processes that we know nothing about. And, and the thing is, when you know nothing about stuff, when you look in your, in your house and you just see like a, a little electrical outlet and it's fancy and it might even be gilded or something, but you have no idea what's going on inside the wall and all the wiring and how gnarly it is back there. It's like we're just we're, – we're training ourselves as a species right now, it seems like, to ignore the reality of situations. Like the reality is that the electric grid and infrastructure is, is hilariously outdated. The, the, the reality is that water rights are controlled by a very short, small amount of people. That, and, and it's a really bureaucratic, kind of scary world, water rights. Uh, like there's so many things that you, we all take for granted because they're part of our daily life that are, and, and they're just indispensable. But the moment that they're jeopardized, the moment that your power goes out, the moment that your water goes out, you're suddenly outraged because you you feel entitled to this convenience, you know? So I guess what I'm trying to say is running water is something everybody should have. I think so. Electricity is something everybody should have. I'd go as far as to say that high-speed broadband is also a utility that everybody should have. That being said, th- those are three things that I bet you you know almost nothing about when it comes to how it actually works. And I would encourage each one of you if if you if you aren't already familiar with these 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 pieces of infrastructure that are so incredibly important to our daily life start start learning about what the internet how the internet works start learning about how water rights work and how municipalities pump water uh, start learning about your local electricity grid and where you're getting your electricity from you will be your mind will be blown at the complexity of these really basic things and you'll start to realize just how little you know about stuff and that's that number one that'll be humbling number two you might start to realize how how good we have it you know and how actually you know having a having an iphone isn't really that big of a deal compared to all this other stuff so anyway this is a perspective thing guys and and i always try to bring perspective to people because that's one of the most that's not a knack that i have so please just consider learning more about the tools that you're using and the things you rely on every day and you will expand your mind. So those are our six favorite episodes in 2018 for Perpetual Traffic. Episode 158, 160, 166, 174, 145, and 143. Make sure you check out the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. 
All the links that are relevant to those episodes we'll put in those show notes for you guys and um, really appreciate you listening in 2018. And if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, hope Santa was good to you this morning. And hopefully we've been able to gift wrap a few more presents for you here on Christmas Day that can help you make your Facebook and Instagram ads even more effective in 2019. So until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to get your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.